TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes Smith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, King of OX. Back out of here on KMOX. It is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Great to have you with us this evening. So this is something we started doing last week for uh, the fantasy football owners out there. Try to uh, just give you a little bit of a heads up, a little bit of uh, an inside track on maybe some things you can be doing this week. We are uh, blessed to have as part of our uh, KMOX newsroom, Sean Malone. And in addition to uh, being a news reporter and anchor, he also does a lot with fantasy football, writing for uh, fan tracks and uh, co-hosting the uh, Fly Fantasy Football podcast. You can follow Sean uh, on Twitter at smalone27, uh, where you can see uh, everything that he's got going on. But we're going to talk with him uh, this time uh, each week just for some uh, thoughts on what maybe you can be doing on for your fantasy football team. So with that, we uh, welcome him into the studio. Sean, appreciate you uh, taking some time with us today. How are you? Welcome on the program. Good. Enjoying uh, some football every weekend. And uh, like I said, with the amount of leagues I'm in, some good ones, some ones I'm giving up on the season Fair enough. already. Uh, I, I had Justin Fields and I was in really good shape two weeks ago, but this week, not so much when he left. And now I have no clue what I'm going to do moving forward. Yeah, that's but, a, that's a tough one to yeah. try to replace Justin Fields. And I, I laid it out in the podcast. I've got beyond him, Anthony Richardson, someone as well with Jim Irsay saying he's not sure if Richardson's going to play again this season. Um, a lot of teams out there looking for solutions at the quarterback spot. So I've got a long-term option especially for those of you in deeper leagues that have multiple ir spots and i've got a more immediate solution for you at quarterback he's coming off a really rough week but i'll tell you why i like him it's baker mayfield okay and i like him because he's gotten his bye week out of the way so if you are in need of someone to replace anthony richardson I like Baker Mayfield as that season-long option, potentially, because you don't have to worry about, okay, three, four weeks from now, I've got to find another solution at quarterback because he's not going to be playing. He's already gotten his bye week out of the way, so you've got that going for you. Plus, outside of that game last week against Detroit and the one earlier in the season against the Philadelphia Eagles, who've made a lot of teams look pretty bad, Baker's played well this season. You know, he looked good against New Orleans, Chicago, Minnesota. In each of those games, he had either 300 yards passing or multiple touchdowns. And that's ideally what you're looking for if you're going to be having a pocket passer on your roster. Someone that's going to get you a lot of yards or multiple touchdowns on a consistent basis. Baker's throwing to Chris Godwin. He's got Mike Evans. So I think he'll be fine as a quarterback moving forward long term. 
a potential high upside guy that I'm probably not adding unless I'm in a ridiculously deep league or a dynasty league is Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. And this is going to be someone, like I said before, if you've got multiple IR spots, you can afford to stash him for quite a while. Uh, listen, the Jets are three and three on the season right now. I don't think anybody thought they would have been three and three back when Aaron Rodgers went down on their third play from scrimmage, fourth play from scrimmage, something like that for the New York Jets. And if you noticed pregame this week before the game against the Philadelphia Eagles, he was walking around without a boot and throwing a football. I know that's an incredibly small step, but if you're looking at, if you're in a punishment league, where you could be potentially fighting for your life to not finish in last place. If you're in a league where you've still got a good team, but maybe you're now missing a Justin Fields, uh, potentially lost an Anthony Richardson for the season. Aaron Rodgers could be one of those stashes that could be the difference between whether or not you finish in last place or whether or not you go on a run at the end of the season through the playoffs. So I think if you've got an extra spot in the IR, and it's, you know, you don't really have much going for you at the quarterback spot. You don't really have a stud there. I think it's certainly worth stashing an Aaron Rodgers. And who knows? We'll see, let's see what happens with him if he does wind up making a return this season. Yeah, interesting for sure. And I think a lot of people took note of how he was looking physically before the game going, mm -hmm. what in the world? And could this guy be back like sooner than later? Four weeks yeah. off of Achilles surgery and he's already walking around without a boot. It, it's unbelievable. It, 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 it absolutely is. All right, so we the main thing we like to have you in on is just kind of go through some of the injuries that occurred and then maybe how that uh, is opening up some doors for some other individuals to all of a sudden have more fantasy value. What are those guys that maybe uh, fantasy owners should be taking a look at to see if they're available in their league this week? Well, the Rams have made a couple of interesting moves. Um, Kyron Williams, who's just been an absolute stud for them this season out of the backfield, he's hurt now. Yeah, St. Louis guy. Yeah, and his backup Rivers is hurt too. Mm -hmm. So now we're down two Rams running backs, which just puts a giant cloud over their backfield. Um, the in, most intriguing name in that backfield now was not on the roster until a couple hours ago. They brought Daryl Henderson back to the Rams, and I like him just because there's familiarity with the McVay offense. He's been there before, so if I had to pick one of those guys, I think that would be the one I would want to have. And then you've got the backfield duo in Arizona that are also getting some more playing time with the injury to James Conner, who's going to be out for a little bit longer. Uh, Keontae Ingram was really the big name if you will out of any of them none of them were really super impressive this past sunday but ingram at least got the bulk share of the work he had 10 carries for 40 yards a little bit in the passing game as well two catches for 11 yards and you're kind of hoping this was his first game back off injury maybe better days are ahead for him it was really interesting that he only got a snap share below 40 percent even though he was listed as the starting running back during the week heading into the game. So that that's one I'm certainly willing to add as well. And I've got one more that was interesting, especially maybe I'm not playing him, but depending on how a couple other players with injury play out, uh, I definitely would want to have him on my roster. It's Salvan uh, Ahmed from the Miami Dolphins. Got a little bit of action in the game this past week. Six carries, 23 yards, and a touchdown. He was targeted five times, three catches. And what I like with him is kind of like I was talking about with Jeff Wilson Jr., where I just want any piece of this Miami Dolphins offense yeah. that I can get. And with the injury history where he mostert has throughout his career, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., he's got the 21-day uh, window open to potentially return, 
but he's not back yet. We'll see if he gets activated this week. But Ahmed could be someone, if you're a uh, Raheem Mostert owner, if you don't have Wilson, maybe if you've got an open spot on your bench somewhere, just throw Ahmed in there just in case that Mostert goes down. Now you've got that replacement, that handcuff to Mostert, like I said, unless Jeff Wilson Jr. does wind up coming back. We'll see. Kind of one of those where, all right, if you've got the open spot, maybe worth just sticking them in your back pocket just in case. He is Sean Malone. Uh, give a plug for what you've got going. I want to make sure the people, uh, I say fan tracks, and people may yep. not know how to spell it. It's uh, tracks with an X, so it's F-A-N-T-R-A-X-H-Q.com. That's correct. Yep, FantraxHQ.com. Yeah. Fantrax is a uh, up-and-coming fantasy football platform. As I said before, you can host your leagues there. At this point in time, you're probably not starting your fantasy football yeah. league there, but they've got fantasy hockey. They've got fantasy basketball as well. Definitely worth checking out. It's great for uh, dynasty formats, and I've got a uh, defense and special teams streaming article coming out later on this week. Awesome. Check him out. Sean Maloney's on Twitter at smalone27. You hear him doing news all the time, and we get him each week to talk a little fantasy football. Thanks for your time, Sean. Thanks, Matt. Sean Malone joining us here on the program. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open line. Again, S Malone 27 is his uh, Twitter handle, and uh, you can read him uh, at Fantrax. That's fantraxhq.com, and uh, always enjoy him taking a, a few moments with us. Uh, still coming up on the program, uh, Earl Austin Jr. is going to join us here in about five minutes or so. We'll talk uh, college basketball with him. SLU basketball, the uh, A10 Media Days going on. Gibson Jimerson being named a uh, A10. 10 conference preseason first team all conference player. Also, uh, St. Louis is the preseason number six team in the A10 poll. Can they uh, outdo that? We'll talk with uh, Earl Austin Jr. about that coming up in just a moment, right here on Graybar on a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOI. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Billikens play here. KMOX. This is a Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. We continue to take you through this Tuesday evening college basketball season right around the corner. Earlier today, we found out that when it comes to uh, the Billikens, 
Gibson Jimerson was named an A-10 Conference preseason first-team all-conference squad member. And as a team, the Billikens being picked sixth in the A-10. To talk about that and much, much more, we are very happy to welcome back on the program via the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. You, of course, hear him along with uh, Bob Ramsey cover, uh, calling Billikens basketball right here on KMOX. He is Earl Austin Jr. Earl, always appreciate you taking some time with us today. How are you? I'm doing fine, man. We're doing great. Just coming home from uh, practice. They had an evening practice, so uh, looking forward to the season as always. What's your initial thoughts on the way practice is going here early on in the season? I think the guys are working hard. They're very enthusiastic. Obviously, it's a, a lot of new faces, so we're having to learn to – with me and Rammer, we're learning just like everybody else. and uh, Just looking forward to, to seeing them play against some uh, outside competition. Obviously, uh We've been used to seeing Yuri Collins handling the ball, Devontae Perkins shooting jump shots, and uh, Francis Socorro snatching rebounds. And so it's just a whole new cast of characters. Uh, we still got some good players back. As you said, Gibson will be back to lead the way. And uh, it, it makes it exciting, obviously, when, when it's, uh, you know, that's the thing about college sports. It's a brand new, cat, new group of kids. And uh, to watch them grow and see they could develop into a pretty good unit hopefully feels like uh a you know size being brought in is one of the key storylines for this team when it comes to the players who have maybe whether they're new players or players who are going to be stepping into much bigger roles this year are you excited about what some of these guys can turn into i think so a couple of kids obviously gibson's the one known quantity and T.J. Hargrove at our fourth spot, but a couple of kids that, uh, in Larry Hughes Jr. and Sincere Parker, who uh, uh, who played a lot last year, but more in a, in a complimentary role. I think they should step into bigger roles. I think Larry, the second half of the season, you saw him defensively. He can shoot the basketball. And Sincere is somebody who's capable of being one of the better scorers in the Atlantic 10 Conference. He is just a gifted shot maker and a shot creator. And I think with increased responsibility, I think you hope to see those two guys be breakthrough players in the league and really give uh, uh, Gibson that a lot of uh, support on the offensive end. As far as newbies, uh, we've got a couple of fifth-year uh, grad trans- transfers. Uh, Michael Meadows, uh, a junior, from, who's transferred from Portland, he's averaged double figures uh, in scoring. About 6'3", point guard, can really score throughout his career. And he's, he's one Billiken who's actually played in the NCAA tournament three years ago. He played for Eastern Washington. They won the Big Sky and actually played Kansas in the first round. I think he had a pretty good game in that. I remember watching him play. And then Tim Bowser, a 6'7 kid man out of uh, plays for Tulsa last year, averaged 10-5. and five. So those are guys who are productive Division One players who uh, I expect will have uh, key roles early on. When you don't have a whole lot returning in terms of guys who are going to be in their roles, and you mentioned Gibson Jimerson being that one guy, there's a lot of heavy lifting from the uh, from the coaches, from uh, Coach Ford and his entire coaching staff. Do you get the sense that that group is enjoying working with these uh, with, with these guys? Oh yeah, I think so. You could see the enthusiasm, and as you said, you you're, you're you probably work a little bit harder because because you 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 gotta teach more, you gotta put more in. Because the last two or three years guys were on autopilot when guys came in you can kind of hit the ground running because you had guys that were in the system in the program two three four sometimes five years you know in the program so you can kind of uh, start going so with so many new guys you're kind of going back to the beginning teaching your system obviously you lean on your veterans 
as well as your assistant coaches to get the word information to the young players. So you're working a little bit harder, and uh, you know that. So it's it's been a bit of an adjustment in that area. Something he hasn't really, something we haven't really had to do in the past three or four years. We all watched Yuri Collins play for for the last few years, and he just did spectacular things on an every-night basis. He's going to be given now an NBA opportunity with the Golden State Warriors. You've watched so many guys come through and then go on to be successful in the NBA. Do you think Collins is going to be that guy who's going to be able to stick around the NBA and be a successful player at that level? Well, he's getting the opportunity, and that's the big key. He's got to take advantage of it. Obviously, he's going to – uh, a world championship franchise, and we were trying, I was talking about that with Travis. Like, what I liked about it is that he's in the franchise at the same time that Chris Paul is on the team, and Chris Paul is somebody who's known as a traditional pass-first point guard. Of course, he was a great scorer, so I think that's something that they value, and I think they really, you know, Travis, they really liked Yuri for a long time, and he did a real nice job during the summer league. So, you know, You'll get an opportunity to play in the G League. And obviously, you got to continue to get better. You know, obviously, we know what Yuri can do passing that basketball as good as anybody in the country, as we saw throughout his career, and continue to be able to shoot the basketball and uh, improve that. I mean, we saw what happened with Jordan Goodwin. You know, Jordan Goodwin came in. He was kind of a 6 3 small forward by the point guard. And he got the G League experience, got better and better, and became a key player for the Wizards next year. And I think he's going to be a. Uh, an integral part of the Phoenix Suns, who are expected to be one of the championship contenders uh, in the NBA. I think Jay Good got a chance to be in that rotation. I watched him last night. He had like five steals in about 10 minutes of play. So Yuri, Yuri's got the model in front of him and Jay Good and how he developed after, afterwards. And uh, I'm excited. Just the fact that he got the opportunity is, is the big thing. We're talking with Earl Austin Jr. The preseason poll has SLU coming in at number six. Uh, Dayton is the number one team easily. They get uh, 20 of the first place votes. Then VCU, St. Bonaventure, Duquesne, St. Joseph's, and then St. Louis uh, in front of uh, Fordham and Loyola Chicago uh, rounding out the top eight. Uh, can can SLU outplay that number six preseason ranking? It'll be tough, uh, but I, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I thought we would get take lower, frankly, because of – so many people that we lost and other other informal polls have had us ninth, tenth, and eleventh. And I thought, yeah, that's why then uh, I saw that six pop up. I was like, oh, so they it shows a little bit of respect, I guess, for for the Billiken. So I think we I think there's, there's an opportunity there because I think uh Dayton obviously is, is strong. VCU is picked second, but they, they they have a new coach and a lot of a lot of new players, you know, a lot of them I followed uh, went to Penn State uh, as well, so it's going to be a well balanced, very competitive league. So there, there's an opportunity we can move up a few spots, or we can move down a few spots. You know, like Fordham is picked right behind us. Fordham finished third in the league last year. They had a break. They were kind of a breakthrough year. See, I thought they'd be picked higher. So uh, you know, six is okay, and uh, you just kind of see where you go. I just you know, look, just looking forward to seeing uh, what we do. When you take a step back and just in the area, SLU should have a good season. High expectations this year for Missouri, for Illinois. You go to the Valley teams, I think there's expectations for Southern Illinois and for Missouri State. You think about what's going on over at SIUE. You think about Southeast Missouri State and what they did last year, winning the conference tournament, getting to the NCAA tournament. Is this about as good as it's been when it comes to all of our area teams being pretty darn good? It is, but you forgot one school. Matt. Did I for out Lindenwood? 
Is that who you wanted me to mention? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Me, me and Rammer, which I just literally graduates, but you got to <laughs> We did get to the, in our first year, we did get to the conference tournament and then beat Steve along the way. But now I'll get back to your question. It, it, it should be exciting. I know uh, what Missouri did last year, getting fourth in the SEC, uh, getting a double buy and uh, the recruiting that Dennis Gates and his staff done, they created a lot of buzz and a lot of excitement about the present. And the future first round draft choice. So we got the first round pick. I think Illinois is going to be good. I think, like you say, Simo, I think Simo, uh, that, that was huge for them, for Brad Corn and the company. They do a nice job getting kids from the St. Louis area, have uh, helped really, you know, Philip Russell last year from Deshaun, who since transferred Dylan Branson from Melville, starters on that team. So uh, the High Valley is very competitive. I thought SIU, who beat us last year, they were. They were uh, having an excellent season uh, until they lost a really good kid from Collinsville, a great, great, great young player, uh, to a knee injury. Uh, but, uh, yeah, then Drake in the Valley, who, who we play, Drake was picked first, and the Billikens will visit there. Uh, the Valley will always be competitive. Missouri State should be pretty good as well. So it'll be very good across the board, I think. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Well, Earl, we can't wait to be uh, listening to uh, to you and Rammer call games. It's going to happen before we know it. And, uh, yeah, look forward to having you on again real soon. My pleasure. Always talk basketball with you, Brad. Awesome. Very good. There's Earl Austin Jr. Mm-hmm. joining us uh, on the program, and we appreciate him taking us uh, some moments with us. It always sounds good when Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. are calling St. Louis University basketball, and we are your home for the Billikens right here on KMOX. This is a Graybar Sports Open Line. We're back with more in a moment on KMOX. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes bit swings, and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back at it here on a Tuesday night. It is a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. Coming up uh, in a few moments, we're going to replay a conversation. I thought a really interesting conversation that our own Tom Ackerman had with uh, Tom Stillman, Chairman Governor of the uh, St. Louis Blues. That was from a Sunday morning during sports on a Sunday morning. There's certainly talk about the Blues, and it was very interesting getting his thoughts on where the team is at here at the moment, Uh, but also the conversation gets into the city of St. Louis and the role that the teams are playing and what what downtown needs to be. And the uh, the practice facility and what's going on right now in terms of the uh, just where they're at financially and some things going on uh, there, uh, attracting major hockey events to the city of St. Louis. So uh, if, if you missed the conversation or if you just want to hear it again, we're going to have that coming up in uh, just a few moments. So certainly uh, stay tuned for that. Also, uh, later on this week, we're going to have Craig Mish on. Uh, Craig is based in Miami. We've had him on KMOX many times. He is as plugged into what's going on with the Marlins as anybody out there. And I heard some of what he had to say today about the Kim Ng situation, which we talked about a lot yesterday, the now former general manager of the Miami Marlins. And it's interesting hearing what Craig had to say because, honestly, he took a little bit of a different stance than I did. I said the the Marlins should be embarrassed about the way they handled it. Uh, Basically, he said that uh, she would have still had complete control over the 40-man roster that they wanted to bring in a president of baseball operations more to oversee uh, the, the the development system and, and scouting and you know international players and things like that. So 
Thought it was interesting to hear what he had to say, and he's going to join us coming up uh, later on this week. I think on Friday is when we're going to have him, so we'll get more on the uh, Kimming situation. Right now, the Phillies and the Diamondbacks are playing against each other, and they are going to the bottom of the second. The Phillies, they currently have a one nothing lead as uh, they got a home run in this contest. It came uh, off the bat of uh, Trey Turner, 421-foot home run in the first inning. That gave the uh, Phillies a one nothing lead as they look to take a 2-0 series lead. I've enjoyed this year's playoffs, but... There hasn't been anything from a series. Like, there hasn't been an epic series yet. And if you have an epic World Series, then it doesn't really matter what happened in the championship series and the divisional series and the wild card series. All that ends up being sort of forgotten. But I would, I could be wrong on this. And the Diamondbacks are a good team, and they're only down by a one nothing score. And if they end up coming back to win this game, and it's a one one series with the series shifting to Arizona, then it has a very different feeling. But if the Phillies do win this game, then they're up 2-0, just like the Rangers are up 2-0, and it just feels like uh, you've got a couple series that are uh, en route to not being overly competitive and maybe uh, a good number of off days again before the World Series, and there has been way too many days without baseball during this year's run of the playoffs. But uh, headed to the bottom of the second inning, Phillies have a lead on the Diamondbacks, one nothing. Aaron Nola so far, two no-hit innings for the Phillies, in case you uh, care about him. Uh, we'll hear from Tom Stillman in just a moment here on KMOX. News Radio KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. Sports Open Line here on KMOX. My name's Matt Pauley. Starting to wrap things up, but before we get out of here for the night, wanted to replay something that uh, we had during sports on a Sunday morning with Tom Ackerman. Uh, he was joined by the Blues chairman and governor, Tom Stillman, and uh, they get into a lot of different areas. Uh, I thought it was a really good conversation. Maybe you heard it on Sunday. Maybe you didn't, but uh, either way, we want to uh, replay it for you uh, right now. And uh, as they opened up the conversation, they kind of uh, reflected a bit back on uh, when the Blues won the Stanley Cup. Not that long ago, but in many ways, it also kind of feels like it was a long time ago. Yeah, it is kind of both. The memories are still, uh, you know, up there in your mind. But in other ways, it seems like a long time ago and you want to do it again. So, Absolutely. What's it like to gather everybody together again like you did last night? And congratulations on the win over the Seattle Kraken. But to see the fans back again early in the afternoon, gathering around your arena and eventually rallying uh, to a victory. It's great. I mean, the fans have been so great, so loyal. Uh, same with our sponsors. Um, and as you said, it started in the afternoon over at Union Station, and we had a huge crowd there. And uh, it continued on into the night with the you know great welcome for the, the players, especially Sonny, as you may have heard. And uh, you know they've just been tremendous. Yeah, it's nice to see Sonny and Sammy Blay and everybody that these pieces of the Stanley Cup uh, victory, but. You also have added some size. I mean, you bring Kevin Hayes in. I think he's a good personality as well. What do you think about this team moving forward just in general? Do you see a little bit more of the identity of the Blues from those Stanley Cup winners? Well, I think that that, that fourth line is certainly going to, you know, harken back to that identity, what we had the Cup year and have had it other years. They'll they'll set the tone, and at the same time, it, it, it appears that the coaches – 
are going to trust them against uh, playing against top lines as well. So that's a that's a that's a, a great thing to have on the team. And I do think Kevin Hayes with the size and uh, ability in the middle is is a really good addition as well. And this is Tom Stillman who. Knows hockey, that's for sure, and certainly knows what an important player looks like between the pipes, and Jordan Bennington is that. I continue to say that Jordan, in a lot of ways, is the face of the franchise, and Benner has come through with two big, big performances for you early on. He's been he's been great. He's really dialed in. He's really focused, and, you know, he really, that, that's not unusual. That's his, that's his normal setting. I think... Uh, I think nationally, you know, there are a lot of commentators who are maybe looking at stats and not seeing his actual play last year that, uh, you know, I, I think they're a little more down on him than they should be. He's an excellent goalie. He, he uh, you know, he got, he got hung out to dry at times last year, and I think he's going to be excellent this year. I would agree with you, and I think that on defense at times you do need to look and see – you know, how they're performing in front of him. Do you see an improvement there in terms of, I mean, well, I mean, you could just go on and say last year, the blues are sitting there looking at Perunovic and Scandella not being available. Now they are available, but you have the depth to be able to scratch them. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I think that that group has something to prove they're all, you know, really good players and character men. And, um, they're not happy with last year, and you can feel that in you know in the practices of the training camp and in in their play. I think they've been really strong. You know, they tweaked the system a little bit. Um, I think we're going to see good things from them. And of course, the focus will remain on, and for good reason, Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. They are inked to long-term contracts. Where do you see that duo in this stage of their career right now? I think they are. You know they're ready to kind of take the next step and be you know the first line over the boards. Um, you know Robert Thomas, a true first line center. Kairou and Thomas counted on to do a lot of scoring along with uh, with Bucci. So I mean that that is a that's a true first line, and um, I think they'll step up and and fill that role. And as we're speaking right now, we're still awaiting official word on Pavel Buchnevich's injury, an upper body injury suffered last night. So we'll hope the best for him as things move forward. Tom Stillman is with us. Uh, this uh, philosophy right now, it's hard to put into words where you are. It, it's, it doesn't feel like a rebuild. It also doesn't feel like a team that's considered to be a Stanley Cup favorite. Are, do you feel like you're somewhere in the middle? How did you approach pleasing your fans, but at the same time growing for the future? You know, it, it is uh, a, a mix of, of uh, objectives like that. And, you know, it's probably not worth trying to apply a single term to it, retool, re this, re that. What we're trying to, what we're doing is uh, trying to remain competitive, put a competitive team on the ice while at the same time uh, building for the future. And, uh, you know, I think Doug has assembled a, collect, you know, a competitive group that, um, you know, we're going to fight. We're, we're hoping, we think, you know, our goal is to make the playoffs. Uh, and at the same time, you know, we are holding on to a lot of top draft choices. We've never had so many, you know, first-round draft choices in our um 
in our system. I mean, it's a, our, our prospect camp is a totally different affair these days. So um, I think we're, we're trying to do both things, trying to get better in the future while remaining competitive in, in, in the present. You have confidence in Doug Armstrong. You can hear it in your voice. And Army, it's really something when you look at this, you know how this league is. I mean, change happens often. He is the longest tenured GM in the NHL uh, and obviously in Blues history. Yeah, and I think there's uh, every good reason for that. He's done a tremendous job. And, and a big part of it is kind of what I've just described, but extending over 10, 12 years. I mean, we haven't had, you know, a really high draft choice for a long time, uh, you know, since Alex Petrangelo was chosen fourth in whatever year that was. You know, and when you're competitive for a long time like that, you just you don't get the top draft choices. And yet Doug has kept us very competitive, one of the best records in the in the league over his tenure. So um, he's shown the ability to do that while also obviously at the same time building a, you know, a cup winner. Doug Armstrong is a no nonsense, uh, direct uh, individual, he, he whether he's speaking to the media or I'm assuming behind closed doors, and I think your coach is the same way. I mean, Craig Berube, who also is one of the longest tenured coaches in the league, keeps things simple, and is that the key moving forward? And what is your confidence level in chief? Uh, confidence in chief is very high, and I think that is part of it. He's direct. He doesn't play. Doesn't play mind games. He doesn't. Uh, you know, mince words while he's also, you know, not, you know, disrespectful of players. He just, this is what we expect. This is what we're going to do. Um, and that kind of clear communication is important. I, I think when you say those two are very direct and yeah, I, that, that kind of communication suits me as well. So, I mean, that's, that's uh, that is a common trait, I guess, for Doug and me. Tom Stillman with us on KMOX. Always great to have him. The Blues and the NHL, uh, a product that has sustained and has gained some popularity. When you take a step back and look at the league with all of this competition today, all over media and certainly for people's eyeballs and ears, where do you see the NHL? I mean, is it holding up? Is the product in a good place? I think the NHL is very healthy. You know, there's one issue out there, and I'll come back to that. Uh, but, you know, the projecting record revenues again this year, you know, the franchises, almost all of them individually are very strong. Um, sponsorships, everything are, you know, still growing tremendously. I think the game is the best it's ever been um, with its speed and skill. Um, and I, I think the game is well suited to younger people that want more constant action, something that's moving all the time. I think so. I, I think we're in a in, in a really good place. Um, the asterisk, as you know, is the is the Ballet's Diamond Sports Group situation. Um, on a league wide basis, that revenue is just a small small percentage of you know league wide revenues. Um, but it is important to those teams involved. Um, so we're hoping we're hoping that uh, that comes to a favorable resolution. 
Was it beneficial to have ESPN get back and put its hands on the league again? I mean, having a triple header to start the season certainly got a lot of attention on SportsCenter, et cetera. Yeah, I think it's, it's very helpful to be back on ESPN, both for the games, and it gives them a lot more reason to talk about hockey, you know, on their other shows. Also, TSN has done a heck of a job. You know, they've uh, they've, they've been excellent as well. So I, I think those U.S. rights deals have, have been a real positive. Staying locally, is there still optimism that you can land the World Juniors here in St. Louis? Um, you know, we're kind of in the silent period right now, so uh, we're not sure. Um, we sure hope so. We think, uh, you know, hockey has taken off here, and um, that should be recognized. And, you know, St. Louis shows up for events, uh, but, you know, we'll have to see. How do you feel uh, about Centene Community Ice Center currently you know, it did get out into the news that they had defaulted on a bond payment. Uh, does Centene Community Ice Center and the Legacy Ice Foundation have the backing of the team in that way? Well, you know, it's a, it's a complex structure out there. We are actually a tenant, though. Mm-hmm. So, um, and Maryland Heights owns the facility and is uh, on the, responsible on those bonds. It's kind of unfortunate the way that would handled it. It suggests that it's a, a more dire situation than it is, and, and you know I think it'll it'll get worked out. And you know it, it's not going to close down. I mean, if, if I, I don't know how much time you spent there, but it is just buzzing with activity at all times. Youth hockey, and um, you know it's managed to attract some big events and you know there are other ones scheduled in the future so it, uh, it it's going to work out uh, it does have a lot of buzz that's for sure big hockey events music venue right outside yeah. i mean it is yeah it is rolling for sure a final thing for you tom just the blues also have a big responsibility in bringing entertainment to downtown st louis and i i just thought in an overall picture how you view downtown continuing on as a great district for sports and business and the the things that you evaluate there you have city just to your west that has built a magnificent complex you have enterprise center which again was rocking last night you have bush stadium down the street you have the dome which has brought indoor football uh st louis university obviously a racetrack across the river where, where do you see st louis right now as a sports town how can we promote it better how can we be better well, you know, it is unusual uh, really around the country for a city to have kept all of its sports venues right downtown. Um, and that 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 is something that is unique and it's important to St. Louis. I think we're seeing improvement in the policing and the security, but we've got to get to a point where people feel comfortable coming in early going to bars and restaurants and then after games going out and doing something else. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to do everything we can do. The Cardinals are our city is to make sure that happens. But, you know, we've, I think, you know, we need to see more of a security presence, um, a greater police presence. I think the city of St. Louis has to prioritize that, uh, you know, and, and I think there's progress being made there.
Tom Stillman has been chairman and governor of the St. Louis Blues for over a decade now, and it's great to catch up with you again. I've always appreciated uh, your openness and kindness, Tom, uh, to us and to Blues fans in general. So thank you very much. I appreciate it, Tom. You've been you've been great. You you set a you set the standard here. So thank you very much. Thanks very much. Have a great day. There he is. That was Tom Ackerman's conversation with St. Louis Blues Chairman and Governor Tom Stillman uh, from Sports on a Sunday morning. Hope you were able to uh, enjoy that and really appreciate the uh, the various things that they got into there at the end of the conversation, talking about the uh, practice facility. Obviously, that's been uh, in the news a lot, uh, trying to attract some big events to St. Louis and just down town overall, which I still think continues to be, uh, you know, beyond sports, but uh, I'm a big believer that sports very often is the uh, the front door to who you are as a city. And when we think about downtown, uh, there are a lot of things that bring people downtown, but sports probably is number one. If it's not number one, it's right up there. And uh, we still have our uh, fair share of issues uh, in downtown. And I, I'm certainly someone that hopes that a lot of those uh, get uh, figured out. It's a Look, I hear it from people all the time, and I don't know how much of this is a a vocal minority of people, or how much this is actually uh, how much how much you know people are actually making the decision not to come downtown. Like, people come to Cardinal games, right? People go to Blues games. People the every city SD game is sold out, so it feels like at a surface level that people are not avoiding downtown when sporting events are going on. But at the same time, when I when we talk about downtown, I can tell you our text line, it, it lights up. And people who live in West County or live in St. Charles, they say, oh, I, I won't bring my family into downtown. And I get that. I was at a... Uh, I went to a city game that was played on a Sunday afternoon and I took my family uh, earlier this year. And parked here at the radio station just about four blocks away from uh where the from where city park is and yeah look it's it's a downtown setting there's always going to be people who are maybe asking for money homeless people things that that doesn't really bother me but it's the aggressiveness sometimes and when i'm walking with my wife and my daughter and we're getting approached and we're getting approached somewhat aggressively and uh when we're telling people no we don't have anything to give you and they they get into your face about it that's really uncomfortable and unfortunately that happens i think a lot in downtown and those are the sort of things that need to get fixed in addition to, to crime and look the, the speeding the things you see on the roads there's a lot of stuff uh that needs to be done that being said i think the blues i think the cardinals i think city i think all from a sports standpoint i don't think we can ask much more of what they're doing whether it's uh, spending their own money for added security, added police. At some point in time, it's our elected leaders and other government personnel that need to step in and say, these are the things that need to happen for downtown to feel like a safer environment. And it still feels like we're uh, we're a little bit far from uh, being where we need to be when it comes to that. But that being said, w- when there's a Cardinal game going on, I don't feel like downtown is not a safe environment. I, there is a, a heavy police presence. I think same thing when there's a Blues game, same things when there's a big events going on uh, at the Enterprise Center or anywhere else, you know, Stiefel Theater. I do think uh, on those evenings, that's about as safe as downtown is going to be. And more than anything, that is a credit to the uh, various organizations and what they have done to make sure that there is security. And on that happy note... That's how we're going to wrap up this edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Thanks so much for being tuned in. We're back with you tomorrow, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock, right here on KMOX. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.